Hey everybody and welcome to today's News Tonight, the weeknight news show where we're joined by special guests and our lovely patrons to discuss the day's gaming news. I'm your host, Ash Paulson, and I'm joined today by my wonderful friends and GVG co-founders, Derek Bittner and Steve Bowling, along with our another dear friend of mine and our first ever returning guest, she says of Boundary Break. She says, thanks so back. much for coming to do this with us again. You, you seem to like us enough that you don't mind coming back. <laughs> the pleasure is 100% all mine, you guys. Thank you so much for bringing me back. It's a huge honor to be the first as well. Thank you. Appreciate it. No, we're just happy to have you here. And, uh, and as I mentioned uh, before the show when we were chatting, uh, you recently did a, a Region Break video on, Earth, or on, on Earthbound, which I thought was amazing. And Region Break is one of your newer series over on your channel, correct? Yeah, that's right. Um, well, let me plug it real quick. It's a show <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where we look at the differences between the U.S. version and uh, a, re- a version from another region, whether it be PAL or, in the last two cases, uh, Japan. So <clears throat> uh, I just did Earthbound. I just did um, a, Link, a Link's Adventure. And, um, yeah, it's it's just been comparing all the little differences, whether it be trying to avoid controversies or just try to kind of blend a little better into American culture which is something they were more, you know, proactive about back in the 90s. Now, these days, they just kind of accept the fact that, hey, games come from other places other than America. So you see it a lot less. But with these older games, it's kind of crazy what they'll do, what lengths they'll go to to kind of see, uh, try to attract an American audience. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I can speak just on my own behalf and say that your Earthbound video was awesome and everybody should go check out Region Break and, of course, That's Boundary such. Break. So do that uh, at some <laughs> point, whenever you can, as soon as possible. But... Before we continue, we do have a sponsor for today's episode, and that is The Game Orb. Uh, The Game Orb is a fledgling YouTube channel focused mostly on Nintendo content. It's currently running Let's Plays uh, and uh, and unboxes um, for games such as uh, Splatoon 2, Super Mario Bros. 35, and more. Uh, So please make sure to subscribe to The Game Orb, uh, and we're going to go ahead and post that link in the chat for you in a live audience. But if you're watching the VOD version, uh, that'll also be in the description, so please, please... Uh, check out the Game Orb channel and uh, here's the amazing thing. I'm so proud of you guys. Game Orb is up to 150 subscribers now. We're Hell well on our way to yes. 200. Let's do it. Let's let's get to let's 200, 300, and above. Let's just keep let's just keep adding to the Game Orb subs. So thank you all for not only supporting us but for supporting the Game Orb. Uh, and with that said, let's go ahead and move on to the news. And uh, our first bit of news involves Pokemon. Uh, so let's go ahead and get that up on screen. Who would have guessed? I know, right? <laughs> So, obviously, uh, Pokemon Gen 4 Remake's Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl were uh, recently announced, but there has been some confusion or, or just people are unsure if there's going to be any Pokemon Platinum content within the game. Fortunately, it seems as though the trailer does include an NPC that is specifically from Pokemon Platinum. And Derek, I like Pokemon. Steve, I know you do <laughs> as well. But Derek, you yeah. are our resident Pokemon master, no yeah. pun intended. So maybe you can uh, shed a little more light on this for us. So so here's the here's why people are so curious about whether there's any Pokemon Platinum content in there. Because that was a big, big uh, point of contention, contention with the Gen 3 remakes, which I thought were very good, but lacked the content that was included in Pokemon Emerald. So you had no Battle Frontier, which was a major part for a lot of people in Gen 3. They love the Battle Frontier. And, well, Platinum has a lot of similar stuff that was only in that game. So uh, people are really hoping that that content makes it through. 
And so far, it seems possible. For, again, thanks to this one NPC that's uh, popped in there. It's this uh, blonde girl in uh, uh, Floroma Town. Um, and she's not, there's nobody there in the originals, but in the Platinum, there is a girl there. And what do you know? She's there. I've also seen another bit of evidence where the uh, layout of flowers, and I think in the same uh, city, uh, is exactly like it is in Platinum, not like it is nice. in... Uh, Diamond and Pearl. So uh, a lot of people are hoping that that's the case here, that we're actually like, even though we're like kind of Diamond and Pearl, they're more based on Platinum with differences of Diamond and Pearl, which I think would be the best of both worlds and people would be really enjoying. Now we just have to see what they think about the art style. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Which seems to be a major point of contention uh, among people so far. Seems to be very highly divided down the middle. Some people are like, oh, it looks great. This is, it's very faithful. Others seem to think it's a downgrade from Sword and Shield. Uh, she says, you are, of course, our special guest. Do you have any any thoughts on Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl? It's, well, you know... As far as the art diamonds. style or the, um, or the news that just came out? General. Well, I think it's great that people notice the extra content, and I really hope that's a true indication that you're going to get the platinum content. Um, <laughs> again, I love the... I, were you able to fi- figure that out for yourself, Derek, before anybody else? Because you're like no, almost no, known for this I, I sort of thing. I didn't have the time to take a look, like a close look at the trailer, and I've, uh, uh, I am not good enough to know, like, oh, there's an NPC in this version, but not in this version. Like, I would have had to replay a lot. A like, lot, study man. the trailer, yeah. Exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I think I think that's really cool. As far as the art style goes, um, I get people's frustration. I kind of felt a similar sentiment with Link's Awakening. Um, but, you know, it's kind of cool that you get the best of both worlds. They announced two different games, one with a completely different art style, and then you get one that's a little more retro. I guess, you know, I do have a bit of sympathy for the people that played the original Diamond and Pearl and wanted something much bigger, you know, a much grander vision for a game that they grew up with, and they're not going to get it. It's more like a a translation from one console to another, you know, Mm -hmm. whereas something like Sword and Shield feels like, you know, a true reimagining of the Pokemon world, so uh, visually at least. Right. Yeah. So, Yeah. um, yeah, so, I mean... I'm not the super Pokemon fan. I play I play them from time to time. So thankfully, I didn't have a passionate thought one way or another. But I guess that's <laughs> kind of where I, I fall in line as far as other people's opinions on it goes. Oh, thank God. Not in the fo- Pokemon fandom. I can't think of another fandom where you would get what looks to be a 100% faithful remake down to the art style. And people would be angry. Like, look at Final Fantasy VII Remake where people were mad about all the changes. And then mm-hmm. Game Freak's like, we changed nothing. We just made it 3D. And everyone's like, how dare you? How dare you <laughs> give me exactly what I right. had? So yeah, I, I, don't I, get I think it. I, I've seen a few people say about how it always felt like an event whenever these remakes happen because, you know, going from original Game Boy to Game Boy Advance with Fire Red Leaf Green, going from, again, basically Game Boy to DS with Heart, Gold, and Soul Silver with some amazing stuff that people are still asking for that we only kind of just got with the DLC for Sword and Shield as far as the uh, Pokemon falling behind you. People love that feature, and it did not come back for a long time. And then, you know, being able to match the world of... uh, uh, Diamond, I mean, uh, Ruby and Sapphire to what was new at the time with um, uh, what was it, Gen 6, I think, at the time. 
or uh, somewhere around there. Uh, it always feels like an upgrade. So I can see people's frustrations wanting to see Sinnoh in the style of Sword and Shield and just seeing how much more beyond they could go. But that I think the problem is when you get into that level of depth, it's a lot harder. Basically, you're it's not you're not going to be able to have the one to one that you had in those old those previous remakes. Yeah. I guess I have right. a hard time understanding the outrage because we're also getting Pokemon Legends, and that yeah. that is right a massive <laughs> undertaking. It, it well, is here... the the most unique looking Pokemon game I can even think of, like in the history of Pokemon. I think in a long and, time, yeah, yeah. And so and so I feel like okay, it, it's easier for me to accept that this that the remake is less ambitious because they are working on this wildly ambitious title at the same time. Uh, so mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? Okay, you know, I'll, I'll pick up Diamond or Pearl or one of those two, and you know that'll be kind of a great stopgap until until this game that I'm really really wanting shows up. <laughs> it kind of like I think part of it is that the the Pokemon Company keeps setting different expectations all over the place. Yeah. Like I'm thinking of the Let's <laughs> Go series, where graphically at least, it I feel like it was more impressive than what we're getting here with Diamond and Pearl. Like the character models were adult like you know true to scale even outside of battle and stuff like that um even the pokemon were true to scale like onyx was like towering over players and Mm -hmm. stuff i don't know if that's going to return with this game i hope it does but like i think maybe that's where a lot of you know muddled expectations come from is that they i think at least in one case a remake has shown that they can do better you know um and so maybe that's it i don't know but and then, of course, then there's, like I said a moment ago, it was just uh, the announcement of the new game. You know, it's like it's night and day as far as how the two look. And maybe fans just kind of expected them to both look about the same at this point. Yeah. I think because uh, yeah. now you have like a side by side comparison of a scaled down experience versus a true AAA budgeted experience, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I guess that, you know, the. It is the context is a bit different, right? For the gen, right for the Gen Four remakes, in the, in the sense that oh, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire maybe seemed like on their face like more upgraded remakes just from the word go, from just the you know the upgraded visuals and such, compared to what we're seeing in Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, which is a an adherence to the original game's look for maybe better and worse. But this being the Pokemon fandom and gaming in general, I guarantee you that if they had gone hog wild with this and decided to make something that was less faithful and more of a reinterpretation of Sinnoh, much more along the lines of, of Sword and Shield, I bet you there would be just as many people on the other side saying, oh, it's not faithful enough. Why, you know, this is this yeah. is not my Sinnoh. This is not the Sinnoh I grew up with. Not it's a tough so I, balancing I, act, for sure. Yeah, it, it is. It's a tough balancing act, and, you know, you could certainly criticize the direction they chose to go, but um, I... I I'm looking forward to it again, as I mentioned before, because Senno was was always a region that I found found to be more forgettable. So I'm curious to see if the the facelift it is getting, uh, even if it is a very familiar one, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing if if it changes my my thoughts on the generation and the region. And as Platinum goes, I never played Platinum, so if 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 indeed Platinum content is being uh, included in these remakes, and it seems like it is, I'm excited to experience that because I never played the original Platinum. So. Uh, all good there. But I think we've uh, talked about this as much as we can. So let's go <laughs> ahead and move on to our next news stories, which involves the emulation nerds at Nerd. 
<laughs> and of course, NERD stands for Nintendo's European Research and Development uh, Department. And it has recently come to light that uh, NERD, who is known for their emulation technology, uh, this is, had already been speculated, but Nintendo has, has essentially confirmed that Nerd, NERD's own Nintendo GameCube technology, emulation technology, was used in the 3D All-Stars version of Super Mario Sunshine. Um, now, Steve, I know you're, you are a resident tech guru, so I assume you have a lot to say about this. Yeah, I mean, so if you're not familiar with Nerd, um, you know, they are well known for their emulation. They built the emulator that powers both the NES Classic and the Super NES Classic, uh, which are really, really great emulators. They they run very, very accurately. Uh, the It's a weird page for Nintendo to put up, first off. It, uh-huh. it just seems like for such a historically opaque company to just out of nowhere for seemingly no reason put up a page that's like hey nerd did the super mario 3d all-stars gamecube emulator that just seems like such an odd hmm. public statement to make but uh one that i think everybody assumed was the case because nintendo's not going to farm out creation of an emulator to to a third party and hmm. and i think if they had we would have all known about it it would have come out some other way but i mean i i don't know that this was uh This had historically some issues, because if you remember, when 3D All-Stars first came out, there was a bug in this emulator. Um, When you were in the bonus stages, it would display what are called the developer cubes in in those areas. So you'd see these, like, kind of untextured, weird cubes just hanging out in all the bonus areas. And if you didn't know better, uh, and I honestly, when I first saw it, I didn't remember uh, that this was a thing. And so I was just like, oh, there's... I don't know why these are here. Um, <laughs> and uh, I was like, it seems like an odd aesthetic choice to make. Uh, but it turns out that that's just like people homebrew folks, like the folks making their own like amateur programmers making emulators sorted this problem out like 15 years ago. And so nerd, you know, went back. Uh, I mean, one, it is kind of cool in the sense that you can't accuse Nintendo of using an off the shelf emulator because they right. generated a problem. Other people solved a long time ago. Um, and two, <laughs> it's, I still think that there is, I, I don't want to say like, I, I don't want to be too hyperbolic. So I'm just going to say a non zero chance that this emulator was made for more than Mario Sunshine. It, it really... Sure. Why, why would you go through the effort of writing an emulator for a one-off limited release game that is supposed to vanish at the end of this month? <laughs> uh, so... Right. I, I feel like there has to be... There has to be more to this. We, we have to see more of this emulator at some point, but... Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I really like Nerd. They're not my favorite emulation house. That would be M2. The folks that did Same. all the Sega Ages stuff. I mean... Those folks are wizards. I mean, they are ridiculously skilled (laughs) when it comes to emulation. So, I mean, but it's kind of cool that Nintendo has an internal division that now kind of their niche is emulating Nintendo's own old hardware, which leads me to wonder, like, I mean, are we going to get an N64 emulator on the the Switch? You know, (laughs) we have a GameCube emulator that runs natively on the Switch now. It's time for Nintendo to add these to Nintendo Switch Online or, or do something with it, but... A uh, big fan of Nerd's work. I think that they do a good job, and I'm curious to see. I mean, I, I still don't understand the purpose of this page. When I when I the more I come back, to it, I logically can't think of a reason that they had to tell the public this. Like, right? Well, you are decidedly not as big a fan of Nerd as Ah Doodle in the chat because they say they would trust Nerd and M2 with their life, which is that's high praise with yeah. their actual life. <laughs> I don't. Um, know. I find my. Hmm? 
Good. I mean, maybe if somebody had like a gun to my head and was like, quick, <laughs> hire someone to write an emulator, I'd be like, all right, I yeah. know the guys, but anyway. <laughs> I wonder if, if perhaps we'll see nerds work utilized in the still, I think, inevitable Metroid Prime trilogy. For oh, Switch. Like, yeah, I wonder if we'll see their emulation tech utilized for Metroid Prime 1 and 2. Who knows? But, I mean, it seems as though, like you were saying, Steve, why go to all that trouble just for 3D All-Stars, just for Mario Sunshine, when it's going to be not being... It's, it's going to go off sale at the end of the month, presumably. So, yeah, hopefully we'll see we'll see some GameCube emulation, uh, some more GameCube emulation pop up either via GameCube Online or in Metroid Prime Trilogy. Uh, Derek and, and she says, I haven't had a much of a chance to get your thoughts on this yet. Anything you want to add? I, I, I mean, if I was to speculate as to why they would go for the trouble, Steve, I guess my only guess would be to prevent any speculation as to that off-market emulator, you know? like Because there's been um, drama in the past about Nintendo yeah. employees using emulators in certain aspects, like proof of it. Um, mm-hmm. Like, for example... Uh, WarioWare used uh, an emulator at one point for, I think, a Punch-Out! minigame or something like that, and people that did data mining could see, like, the like the top bar of the emulator, essentially, uh, <laughs> clipped out of bounds and stuff. Wasn't me! I didn't expose him, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, stuff like that, so I mean, I can't even confirm if there was any conversation like that um in web forums or whatever but i could see it being a preventative measure you know it's like they they think they got got or rather got caught with um the idea of using an emulator and so to just kind of dispel any conversation that may suggest otherwise they may have just wanted to make an official confirmation you know some, maybe sure. that's just a, a shot. I don't want to give myself there. too much hope, so I'm going to go with she says his idea. <laughs> the idea of like, oh, sweet, that. more yeah. GameCube stuff coming. That'd be awesome. Nope. Put that yeah. hype back in check. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, I think yeah. that's that's certainly a safe. You know, you, I, you, you want to you don't want to shoot for the moon in terms of what Nintendo might do. Oh, with I, GameCube emulation, because I, I still have hope on too. That front so many times, I do have hope for that. I just don't have hope. I mean, like I knowing Nintendo, they could just be like uh, sit it, throwing yeah. this in the vault for a, a generation or two before they actually start using it again. But right. yeah, they'll have it. You know, yeah. True. Um, well, before we move on to our next news tour, I just want to extend a very warm welcome to Alessia and Mario Eight A uh, in our live audience. Who, uh, Alessia, mm-hmm. you're one of our newest EPs. Uh, or, uh, sorry, oh, one of our newest it. live audience members and EPs, but also oh. Mario 8A. I, also, I don't recognize your name either, so welcome to both of you. Alessia is actually an existing member of the GV gang who has changed her name. Ah. Oh, got it. Didn't realize you changed your name. Okay, very cool. Well, welcome under your new name as well, then. Yeah. Um, Real quick, I do, wanna, I do want to add a quick mm-hmm. addendum to this to kind of piggyback on what she says was talking about Nintendo and emulation. Sure. There was a point, and I don't remember what the outcome of this was, but back in 2017... There was some serious debate about whether Nintendo had um, just gone out to the internet and downloaded a ROM for one of the older Mario games, and then right. and then used that ROM they found basically on Google to make the virtual console version of said Mario game. And I don't remember if it how it played out, but I I, I remember um, our good friend Spawnwave did a video on it. Eurogamer had an article on it. I think it even reached IGN and Kotaku at one point. I think Nintendo had to come out and make a statement that they did not pirate their own game but um so so yeah it is definitely weird i i do 
appreciate that point because it could just be as simple as that. Like, hey, where you know we made our own emulator, we didn't steal one. You know, there's here's the proof or whatever. But yeah, yeah, yeah I could get that. I just hate the idea that I mean, yes, you, you can make the laziness argument, sure, even if they did just go out and download a ROM. But you know, to be accused of pirating your own game and and you know stealing an emulator. Or, I mean, well, is... the thing is, it's 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 not so much the fact of stealing or pirating your own yeah. game. It's more like Nintendo stops us from doing it. Look what they're doing. That's the that's yeah. What but at with. the same time, they're the IP rights holder, so I still don't feel like that. Argument I mean, no, but longer. you know how people act. So that's the, yes. that's totally yeah. what it is. It's like yeah. Nintendo yeah. is doing what we they say we can't. For me, it's funny because right. uh, on this particular subject, I agree with you, Ash. But then, like, you know. Someone could turn around and make this claim like, well, what's – I put effort into it. I worked on that. Why can't I – why is it different when an artist makes fan art and a company uses sure. that? You know, It's like sure. where's the separation between the two, I guess, oh, yeah, for no. some people. If yeah. you go through yeah. the effort – I mean, let's, let's be clear. Writing an emulator requires a ridiculous amount of skill, especially a well-optimized one that runs games properly. Uh, if somebody were to just take that for free and, and package it and sell it, I man, I'd be upset. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, yeah. the, the thing that concerned me about the this particular 2017 story was if Nintendo has to go out and grab a ROM for one of their own games, what does that mean for the preservation of the things that they've created? Yeah, That they had to yeah. go find it on the internet instead of just, I don't know, pulling it from your own archives. <laughs> like I would, <laughs> I would hope... Yeah. Nintendo would have all all these ROMs, you know, the original versions stored somewhere, uh, certainly yeah. at least on a cartridge, but hopefully the <laughs> development resources used. And I think over time we've learned that Nintendo archives a lot more than I think some of us thought they did, thanks to leaks and hacks and stuff like that. We now know that Nintendo, well, they definitely keep records. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I would be hopeful but I, I i do need to go back and research that story someday and figure out what what the end result was because i'm sure somebody found the answer i just remember the the kind of fear around that at the time mm-hmm. right right and i mean and you bring up a good point it, it, it's a bad look for any number of reasons were nintendo to just go out and download a rama their own game like you were saying steve and of course you know emulation as some people are saying in the chat the code for for an emulator is separate from the code for a rom that you're emulating so it is a bit more of a gray area and uh and yeah so i I, there are so many different ways to look at this Uh, but with that said we should probably keep things moving uh to our next story which involves elden ring the big story of the day all right so elden ring footage has uh has been leaked but here's the thing it's really low quality footage it's off screen it's off camera blurry low resolution but people are freaking out about it regardless and i will come right out and admit i'm not personally invested in elden ring i'm not it's not really my kind of game uh i'm not like looking forward to it like that but at the same time even if i was i don't think i'd be that concerned i mean i've seen the footage i've I've watched it on loop a few times now as i assume you guys probably have it's low-quality off-camera footage. I don't know if, if there's anything to judge. Well, I do know there isn't anything to judge yet. But she says, what do you think about this so far? Well, I, I love Dark Souls. Um, I played all three of them. And I played Demon Souls and stuff like that just as a background. I played through some of Bloodborne. Um, and I did not play Sekiro. So um, this new one, it's definitely got a new direction. You know, 
one of the first things that caught me immediately off guard was the blue skies and also just the trailer presentation too it didn't feel quite from software-y if that makes sense it didn't immediately set off those vibes that um you certainly get from bloodborne and to a lesser but not too much of a lesser extent sekiro so i think so are people having a negative reaction is what you're implying or is it's been of a bit of an explosion of like well this looks terrible this you know it's it, um, it's not looking visually up to snuff and i don't really know i don't know where they get that into idea no it does it. look good yeah it's it's just it looks like a different direction from from, from software so i i think i, I want to know more about it so that's a good sure. start you know it's the very first trailer and it was a leaked <laughs> first trailer so <laughs> i as a from software fan I, i'm pretty excited i don't know Again, I, maybe this negative uh, reaction is coming from the idea that there's like blue skies and stuff like that, which you don't see from the dark and gritty from software titles that you well, normally not, do. It doesn't have dark in the title. There's, that's why it's blue. <laughs> right. <laughs> so this Elden Ring, I, I think uh, I have pr- still pretty good expectations after seeing that leaked trailer, personally. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wasn't impressed with the first bit of trailer footage I watched. I mean, even, like, I, I can definitely see why people would have been down on it, um, just because it looks a little rough. Uh, but I was also, like, it's early. They didn't mean to show this yet, so whatever. It's also off-camera, so who cares? Um, but looking at the second bit, we have those, the dragon swooping in, and two guys with pierced chest pulling a card or something like that. I was like, there's some really interesting art design going on here that I am intrigued by, and I've, I have not played any of the Dark Souls, Demon Souls to completion or anything like that. I want to get into them, but uh, just haven't had a chance yet. Uh, and you know, I this is also the collaboration with George R. R. Martin and say what you will about Game of Thrones. I still enjoy the books, at least to, to what they've gone up to this point. So I'm curious how they how those minds combine into what we're we might see here. Um, I'm. I mean, it sucks for the developers because it's obviously not the best first impression to have. But it has to excite people that, hey, apparently stuff is coming. It's on the way. So that's nice. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, and, 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 and oh, to be ahead. fair to, to fans and, and to Elden Ring's audience, to be fair, it has been almost two years since we've seen hide nor hair of this game. Uh, it, it was first announced back in June 2019. It's now March 2021. So, you know, a lot of people are obviously really, really hungry and, and <laughs> wanting any sort of update on this game and so for the first update you get in almost two years to be a low quality blurry trailer maybe not you know the the best way to to drum up hype at the same time though i do think it's important to keep expectations in check because you know that what you're looking at uh is is obviously low resolution and it may also be from an older build we don't know that for sure either this could be from a from a build from months ago a year ago we don't there just is so much about the context of this that we don't know and that I think it's just way too early to render a judgment or any sort of judgment. Uh, Steve, what about you, man? Yeah, I, I first saw this footage that's floating around today, I want to say three weeks ago. I got it like in a very third hand kind of way. Um, oh. And I didn't want to talk about it because I got the sense that whoever leaked this footage really trusted the person they initially leaked it to. And I have no wow. idea. Like, I can't tell you where where it came from i wouldn't say who i got it from just to because that would be a messed up thing to do but i know that they weren't the person like originally provided the footage uh so i feel really bad because uh the footage 
I imagine whoever whoever provided this is is on the on the wrong end of a termination or a lawsuit, possibly even. And so I feel mm-hmm. really bad because I mean, I saw it and I was like, man, this is if it's reaching me, who I I traditionally don't, you know, I, I'm not I'm not a Bamco leaker, so it's <laughs> it, if it's gotten all the way to me, it's gotten to a lot more people than me. And I knew it was just a matter of time until this became a story, but. Looking at the game, I mean, one, the footage was recorded off screen from a cell phone. And I think those of us that were around in the GameCube and N64 era know that that is not the best way to uh, to get your first glimpse at a game. <laughs> um, but I kind of and I guess I kind of extrapolated a bit based on what I saw. And I, I don't think this game looks bad. I truly don't. I think it visually, if you're upset about the... I, I could definitely understand what she says is saying as a fan, not being in love with the art style, not not being in love with how, you know, that it's not dark enough or, or grim enough in its presentation. But if you're talking about visual fidelity, I mean, I think it looks really, really good. Uh, Same. You know, especially when you mm. consider that this is still an in-development game. Um it looks a lot cleaner than a lot of projects I've seen hit store shelves. So, I mean, it, I, I would say the visuals are enough to keep me intrigued. I don't know that it's the type of game I'll play. I, I tend to not do so well with these ultra hard kind of games. Uh, the challenge eventually overcomes me and I just, you know, hey, I'll go play some Mario or something. But <laughs> um, so I, I I think that I think there's there's definitely two sides to this coin. I don't think that folks should put a lot of stock in into a trailer that was clearly filmed in someone's house on a cell phone. Um, <laughs> yeah. But if you're, if you're upset with the art direction, you can definitely get enough from this video to see that the art direction either is or is not for you. And I don't think that that True. is going to change. But again, I would really caution people. One art direction does not entirely make a game. You know, people thought wind waker was trash because it looked too cartoony and it turned out to be one of the best games in the series once you once you actually sat down and tried it. Um, and it might be a, a similar... I mean, we know George R.R. R. Martin writes some incredibly dark stuff. I mean, <laughs> we, he, you know, the, uh, the man can deliver a very unsettling narrative. So, I mean, even if you've got a... You know, bad things can happen under blue skies. So... I would, uh, <laughs> I would, I would reserve judgment. Just <laughs> hype responsibly, or, 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 you know, enrage responsibly. I don't really know how to how to direct folks on this, but just take everything you're seeing with like a handful of salt because it is not mm-hmm. the way you were meant to see it, and it might not even be uh, accurate in terms of the game's current state. We have no idea. This was not meant to be seen. Right. So, by the way. That needs to be the game's tagline. Bad things happen under blue yeah. skies. <laughs> yeah, right. I was about to say, man, like that feels like a, like an existentially relevant quote for life. Right. Just yeah. Elden Ring, but just for life. I'm like, what? <laughs> that has a nice ring to it. Nice. Yeah. I'm going to put that on, on our next GVG shirt. Yeah, yeah. I'll buy it. <laughs> I don't know if it's a good exactly. vibe, but there you go. <laughs> right. Um, um, just one more. Oh, go ahead, uh, Derek. No, I was going to basically mention what you're going to mention, so go for it. Oh, okay. So just one more little bit of, of news about Elden Ring. Um, the, the reason we haven't seen anything of it for the past almost two years uh, is essentially we now find out from a news story on VG 24 seven um, because of the pandemic. Big surprise. I don't think any any of wow. us are surprised, yeah. but apparently there have been some major issues with the transition to working remotely that have really negatively impacted Elden Ring's production and development. Um, unavoidable. It sucks, but. Are any of us surprised that that's the reason why? No. Yeah. Nope. Exactly. So, 
Uh, yeah, but as Steve said, you know, just uh, try to take what you're seeing from this leaked footage with a grain of salt and, and maybe not render any final judgments. Uh, because as he said, there may be blue skies, but bad things can happen under those blue skies. So <laughs> I, I love that. I'm going to keep it in mind. <laughs> Save. Um, Save that for later. So good. Uh, all right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to our next news story, which is decidedly a lot more fun. <laughs> So, uh, th- I hate I hate that this is UK exclusive, but while licensing, sorry, I said me too. I'm... Yeah, so so uh, a UK licensing company called Lyle Licensing has secured the rights to make a Tetris waffle maker, uh, among other myriad Tetris products. But the one we're talking about today that they announced is this waffle maker, and I want this thing. This seems like such an obvious idea. Like it's such a good idea. But now that I think of it I'm, or see it, I'm like, why didn't I ever think of how perfect this is? <laughs> does, does that I mean, mean they're yeah. measuring huh? your breakfast serving in, in Tetrises? I, I, I guess or, yeah. waffles. I mean, this, this thing essentially makes Tetramino-shaped waffles, and I just think that's the coolest thing. I mean, there isn't that much more to say about it. It's just waffles but in Tetramino <laughs> shape. But at the same time, this is so damn cool. Oh man! As, what, as, yeah, what else is there to say though? I mean, like, yeah. first of all, Ash, don't play with your food. You know, there's I, that. <laughs> but I want, but I want to. They're literally <laughs> just blocks. Just, uh, Basol off screen, like dropping the, the bits, and like he's hurriedly trying to <laughs> arrange them into a Tetris. And when he finally gets to Tetris, then he can actually eat his breakfast. <laughs> to the poor kids crying. I don't know how to play Tetris, Mom. <laughs> right? Stop. Maybe I need to eat. eat. <laughs> Perhaps if you eat the waffles in the right order and the shapes in the right order, you clear lines in your stomach and you can just eat more. Or maybe you, you, lose you reduce calories somehow. Yeah, it's tool. like magic yeah. food. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know. Okay. Two things. One, to to do this the right way, you need to have at least what five different batters so you can color all your tetr tetramino. Yeah, you gotta have the colored food. Uh, right. Food right. Two. Our, our boy John Cartwright has to get and review this thing. If I'm reviewing chicken, I mean, chicken, he's such he a major Tetris guy. It has maker. to be a thing. Yeah, I would love to have him do a guest review of this thing because, as much as I want it, I don't know if I want it enough to import it from the UK for for how much that would probably cost. And you'd have to. Uh, I mean, let's not forget you'd have to get a European step down converter to, to make your oh, breakfast. Good point. Good point. There's that too. But I would love to see him pick one of these up, and I just want to know, are they reliably Tetramino-shaped? I must know. Um, <laughs> this is also a really good idea. Imposter in the chat says, Puyo Puyo Pancakes. I see a marketing oh, yeah. team up in, in their future, man. We, we, they, should, they should do that. A Tetris waffle maker and a Puyo Puyo Pancake maker in okay. a combined package. I think Only if we can idea. get Tetris Attack... French toast. Oh, yes. Yeah, French toast. But, there you go. Panel or fitting, we just go panel fitting that Tetris attack gets the best of the breakfast foods. Panel de pancakes. Oh, <laughs> it's done. Ah. It's done. <laughs> copyright it, trademark it, whatever the hell we got to do. Panel de pancakes. Straight to your lips. Nice. That'll be the, the tagline for that. I had yeah, to look I love for, it. I, I, that was so good that I instinctively looked over to the chat to see if Azrin said it first. <laughs> I know, right? I know that sounds like something Azrin would say, but no, that is a that is a an Ash Paulson original. I'm happy to admit. Family uh, <laughs> pancakes, though, man. Anyway, I think we pretty much said well, about all we can about tetramino shaped waffles. Just to stay but, a little bit on food topic, just, just to bring in a little extra thing, just to have a follow up to something we mentioned on Friday, the whole Shovel Knight Arby's thing. 
They released a trailer today. I don't know if you saw it, Ash. I did. I haven't yet, no. Basically, I, I don't know if I've seen the toys themselves yet, but all the toys, which apparently there is a seven different ones, come with DLC for Shovel Knight, which changes the graphics what? to look like Arby's stuff. So the flying are rats, rats are like sandwiches and stuff like that. And that yeah, is, that is the objectively the best Happy Meal prize <laughs> ever. Awesome. So, As if I needed another reason to play Shovel Knight yet again. And I think it's starting now, so you got to go to Arby's, get the kids' meal, and you can get the uh, get the Shovel Knight DLC. That's right, all well, dude. The flying rats become drinks, and the tops pop off to you know after you uh, hit them. <laughs> that's so good. That's amazing. Well, as I said, then I'll, I will indeed be stealing my roast beef to go get something, get a kids' meal from Arby's, and, and get one of these DLC codes because. That, that is such a Yacht Club thing to do, and I love that they have fun with cheat codes like that, but that's just so cool, and that just makes me want to go play Shovel Knight for, like, the billionth time, uh, as if I haven't already played it enough. But uh, let's go ahead and move on to the next story, which involves our uh, our frequent uh, appearance in, the, in our news stories, Nintendo President Shuntaro Furukawa, who, uh, in a new interview with Nikkei, he does a lot of these interviews with Nikkei, uh, he is, has commented on what he learned from prior Nintendo presidents, uh, Hiroshi Yamauchi and, of course, Satoru Iwata, and, uh, as well as Kimishima, and discusses his approach to leadership of Nintendo. Um, now, unfortunately, I haven't had a chance to read through this fully, but I've skimmed it. And he says, essentially, that what he's trying to do uh, you know, with Nintendo under his stewardship is essentially continue what Kimishima did during kind of the interim, uh, his... his term as interim president after Iwata's passing and profits are bottom line and and he wants to keep the company running without Iwata's unique personality he's like nobody can replace who Iwata was and the way that he did things and I'm not trying to do that I'm trying to do things in a way that doesn't require uh, that kind of approach Um, have, have any of you had a chance to look through this anymore? not me no I no, have not okay. looked too much. It looks like it's all been from the same interview, but apparently just getting translated over time and uh, yeah. more coming out about it. And, I mean, it makes sense. He he can't do the same. He can't be Iwata, and he's got to do his own thing. Um, he did learn a lot, but he, he mentions in here how um, – where was it? I, he says, I, I learned a lot from Mr. Iwata, but I shouldn't say anything specific. I didn't like the fact that there were still there that there were still people at Nintendo saying, I learned from Mr. Iwata. I'm sure Iwata himself would admit it, so I keep that in mind. Um, and that's, he's probably right about that, I, I would yeah. think. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so. I mean, obviously, Iwata was an incredibly humble man, and he probably wouldn't want either his successor or uh, everyone at the company going around and just singing his praises he didn't seem like that kind of guy uh i think one of the one of the core sentences here from this interview comes toward the end where uh furukawa says the core principles behind our finances are to ensure the company continues which i mean can you yeah. can you have much more of a financially conservative response than that they want to make money they got to keep the business going so they're doing what they got to do to make that happen um i, I think it's pretty much that straightforward much. Yeah, it sounded I, like you had something to say, Steve. Sorry. Oh no, I was I was reading through this as as we were discussing, cool. just because I I didn't get a chance to before the show. I was I was out of the house until <laughs> just uh-huh. before we went live, and uh, one of the sentences that strikes me, and I don't love it, but uh, it says um, this is from 
Furukawa, he says, Mr. Iwata's successor, Mr. Kimishima, took over as president in the emergency state following Iwata's sudden death. He worked on changing the way the company works so that it can be run without Iwata's charisma. My plan is to proceed down that route. And that just... I, Iwata was a singular person. Like, he could never mm-hmm. be replaced. He was an original. But... Right. Ah oh, man, it, it it stings to just read it in black and white. Like, yeah, I'm I'm gonna yeah. keep doing what Kimishima was doing because, as as well as Nintendo is doing, I mean, Kimishima's leadership was certainly not the most exciting thing, you know. Right. Um, Kimishima and, always right. looked. Um, I angry. felt <laughs> yeah. looked like the oh, final boss yeah, of the video. I have, yeah, he did. Uh, I have one, only one Kimishima story, and it's my favorite thing about him. Um, E3 2006. 16, the year before the Switch uh, came out, I had uh, I just had the best luck in the world. I had run into Shigeru Miyamoto in a hallway, got a picture with him. I had run into Eiji Awanuma, got a picture with him, and uh, Charles Martinet, and got a picture with him. And I was in a group text with my friends that I went to E3 with, and I kept sending them these just ridiculously lucky selfies that I was taking, and my friends were so mad. And suddenly, I'm, I'm standing in line to get food, and one of my friends texts me a selfie he took with uh, Kimishima. And Kimishima looks angry. <laughs> and, uh, and I was joking. I was like, oh, man, he looks super mad. You probably pissed him off. And my friend texts back, and he goes, oh, I definitely did. I found him <laughs> in the bathroom and waited for him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. No, my friend saw Kimishima that. in the bathroom and then just waited, like, by the sink. And he's like, hey, can I take a picture with you? I While Kimishima's literally that. washing his hand. Oh. No, I couldn't do it. I could not. Nope. I, as much as I'd want to. at least wait by the exit of the bathroom? Yeah. I know, right? He right? leaves the bathroom. Say. My my friend Ben Bertoli has a selfie that he took with Kimishima in a men's room. Oh, you just man, even outed your friend. You, (laughs) (laughs) I bet. So, quick question: What was the exact quote about finances? What was that he said? The current president. Uh, Let's see. Oh, here the core principles. Oh, the core principles. Yeah, I got it. Behind our finance are to ensure the company continues. I've been in the game console business for over thirty years, and with good times. Also comes the bad. As the times change, our management will make level-headed decisions, changing what needs to be changed in the company. Hmm. Oh, okay. I mean, that's saying that's a whole lot of nothing, really. That that's like the the yeah. definition of PR speak. We'll just it's like we just yeah. do what we think we got to do. Yeah. At first, I thought yeah. it was something more like direct, as like we, we're here to make money. I thought I heard that earlier, but right. I'm glad um, that wasn't Adam, the case. <laughs> yeah. Because I was going to say I can only. Chat. That's a huge oh, shift in tone from something like Reggie saying we're about like you know kicking ass, taking names, and making games, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But then in the future we bit. get we like, hear about to make the money. wallet, kid. <laughs> yeah. Give me um, your Adam Davis money. in the chat says they respect Furukawa massively for saying that, and I'm not, I'm not sure if you mean that quote or the one. It was about, after, uh, the one about a way that doesn't. Yeah, yeah the one about Iwata. Require, yeah, that's what I thought. Um, my whole you know thing what? is I, I do too even if it isn't yeah. necessarily my first choice as an approach i would rather furukawa focus on doing what he does best and if that isn't being charismatic i think him trying to spend energy on faking that would be worse than just focusing on leading the company uh you know in, in terms of finances and business and making you, sure that you know nintendo continues to do well yeah, but you know for the most part uh, with a few exceptions like him holding a bushel of bananas, uh, most of Iwata's presence was just being passionate about the games that were coming out. Like you could just mm-hmm. tell that he was very proud of mm-hmm. the content that he was going to provide for his fans. Um, 
it's weird that the current president can't share that similar energy, in my opinion. I know that there's like, again, yeah. towards the end, there was a lot of, like he became a Muppet at one point and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I, I could see someone wanting to step away from that because they can't do that genuinely with a sense of joy, you know? Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but I mean, like, generally speaking, most of how I remember Iwata was just him enthusiastically talking about the content that he was providing to his, to Nintendo fans. So it, it just it is a little strange to me that that torch can't be carried at least to that extent. Mm-hmm. Um, my hope, which doesn't sound like it was addressed here in this interview, is that he at least can find other people to do that in Iwata's place. Uh, yeah. but, like I just don't want it to become this sterile. Here's a Twitter, you know, like trailer. You know, with yeah. little I mean, to no he fanfare. He did host direct himself this time. What's that? Uh, Furukawa uh, hosted the, the recent direct himself. Wait, oh, was okay. it Shinya Takahashi who did it? Oh, was it Takahashi? I've lost track. I'm so sorry if that was the I case. I think it was. I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I thought it was Takahashi who did it. Sorry, I, don't, I thought it was Furukawa, but I, I No, I was wrong. wrong. It might have been, it might have been, no, 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 it was Takahashi. Well, sorry. Yeah. You know, no, that's okay. okay. Um, and I, I was actually going to mention, you know, even if that isn't something that Furukawa does does well, we have seen you know, the most recent direct was hosted uh, at least somewhat by Takahashi, and there are also other people like Yoshiaki Koizumi who are also yeah. incredibly charismatic and and may mm-hmm. carry on that torch in Iwata's uh, you know in Iwata's stead mm-hmm. in a way that Furukawa can't. So just because Furukawa himself isn't taking that passionate gamer's approach like Iwata did, because as we know, Iwata was both a businessman and a gamer uh, and a developer and so many other things. You know, it may be that he can have some of the folks under him, like Takahashi, kind of fill that role in his stead. Mm. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I can yeah. see that. Well, we'll see how it goes, but uh, either way, is you know, as long as uh, Furukawa can keep Nintendo going and, and keep riding this roller coaster of success that began with the Switch, then... We're all better off for it, right? So Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to some interesting Square Enix-related news and get that up on screen. Mm. So uh, Forever Entertainment, uh, who recently developed and released the Panzer Dragoon remake, has apparently signed a deal with Square Enix to develop, quote-unquote, several remakes for the company. And my imagination in terms of what this could mean and or lead to is exploding right now. Give me Parasite Eve. Give me Brave Fencer Musashi. No. Xenogears. What? No. I want it all, man. No, no, no I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, no. Ash. I am not excited by this because you know, I've not heard anything good that these guys have released. Uh, Fear Effect, not great. They were supposed to right. bring that back. Didn't hear any good thing about that. From everything I heard about from John for the Panzer Dragoon remake, not great. I'm like... Mm. Well, who do you want? What game do you want butchered by them? It seems is the case. Like they made surprises. Well, who knows? Mm-hmm. But they're I not played, the best track record. I played Panzer Dragon Remake just because I was curious, and of course, I'm not coming it from as informed a perspective as John because I didn't play the original. But I could, you know, I could sense kind of what had been changed from the original, at least in terms of a visual sense. And I, I found that it wasn't nearly, it wasn't horrible like I was expecting. I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. What's the best remake ever? But I don't know. I'm willing, I'm willing to at least keep my, my, my mind open about this. Mm-hmm. That's all. My, my problem is, and, and the thing that keeps flashing in my mind when I think about this, is I want a Chrono Trigger remake. Yes. But I don't want it like this. I don't yeah. want it <laughs> like 
this. It has to yeah. be perfect. I will still buy it. I'm not going to lie. I'm a I'm of a course. schlub. I will buy a terrible remake if they do it. But I just man, it, f- these guys, these guys like who at Square was like, "Yep, the guys that butchered Panzer Dragoon, those are my dudes. I'm, gonna, I'm <laughs> let's, let's yeah. give them uh-huh. whatever they want." I I have also I grew up playing Panzer Dragoon. I had a Saturn. It was one of the games my my dad saw it. And he's like, "Oh, there's a dragon on the cover. That's cool. <laughs> let's get it for the boy." And so I played a bunch of it. And yeah, man, I I know you're it probably feels pretty okay on its face to somebody who didn't play the original mm-hmm. but compared to the original it is so unfaithful and bad and it's sure, just okay. i when i think about like how how they did panzer dragoon dirty i'm like i can't have them doing that to chrono trigger i cannot for the for the love of god please don't let them near chrono trigger <laughs> um, it is the right. one and only time in history i will hope someone doesn't remake chrono trigger i would rather like a group of fans with unreal engine do it honestly i i I mean i don't know who has to do it but i just want somebody to take the engine from dragon quest 11 and just do a chrono trigger right yes yeah it's weird to me that they didn't use that engine for the chrono not chrono um secret of mana or secret of trials of mana remake Hmm. i'm surprised Uh because like they did their own thing and it, it was still functional but could have been Maybe as it gorgeous as it looked action, on the like, real time you know yeah. this is this is gonna sound weird okay i want arc system works to make me a chrono trigger remake Ooh, yeah because they have that that anime art yep, style down like exactly. tight. Oh, they're the only yeah. ones that have perfectly mm-hmm. recreated toriyama's art style in right. in a in a 3d environment that give me, well give me that. i do think a yeah I mean, I do think a Dragon Quest XI-esque take on Chrono Trigger could be legendary. It could be incredible. That, that, that's personally the way I'd want to see it done see, as well. I, you, know, you know what the RPG series um, Arc System Works would really bond with well with their, st- oh. with their usual fighting game style? Let's give them a Tales of game. Ooh. Oh, yeah. They, they could do it for sure. At least have them do the battle system and somebody else take care of the rest because, my yeah. God, that would be interesting. I would just yeah. love the return of like crazy flashy spells and, and combo attacks and stuff. I, I keep thinking about how good the final attacks look in, in Dragon Ball Fighters. I want an RPG where like your massive summons and spells look that awe inspiring. Right. Yeah, let me right. see really Bahamut cool. blast a beam off into space. <laughs> you know? I mean Oh man. Ugh. What you wanna want you wanna see Bahamut wreck some <laughs> wreck some things watch the opening uh cutscene to final fantasy 14 he oh. is oh yeah, yeah. That, the, the that, it's like eight years old and it's still gorgeous the wait for the ps5 version is is too long and simultaneously not long enough because i have too many things to do <laughs> yeah um if i had to guess though based on these guys track record um Par- parasite eve seems like the best bet Okay. For what mm-hmm. they would grab, because they've you know they've done Fear Effect, they've done Panzer Goon, they lean more towards realistic games and not so much the anime type games. So I can't see them doing Chrono Trigger themselves. So I think well, no, my guess is Tomb Raider, the original Tomb Raider. Oh, that's an Maybe. interesting. So they might be actually remaking their, some of the Western side of Square's games. Yeah, that's what I was that. thinking. I, I saw somebody in the chat say Gex, so maybe Gex. <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean I. Definitely get the trepidation for sure, but it seems to me that the reason maybe this was being this is being done 
is because Square themselves are completely stretched thin already with Final Fantasy everything, right? They're, they're, they're dedicated to 16. They're now remaking 7 in two different ways for completely different platforms. <laughs> um, and, and they're, you know, of course, developing a whole other, you know, slate of FF7-related projects. So if this is the only way that we can get potential, you know, potentially get remakes of, of some of their classics from the PS1 and SNES days... I want to remain open to it only because I don't truly, I don't think Square Enix themselves have the bandwidth to do it. So while I do get the trepidation with Forever and Entertainment specifically, maybe it's possible that they can they can churn out some really exciting stuff here. I mean, my guess is that Square Enix will probably impose more quality control than Sega did with Panzer Dragoon. Um, that's just my guess based on the, the difference in output between Sega and Square Enix. Um, you know, Square Enix seem, team seems to lean, uh, sorry, lean a little more heavily onto the polished side of things. So I'm, yeah. I'm willing to keep my, my, my hopes open, at least. I'm, what were I'm your thoughts on it. Trials of Mana? Did you like it a lot? Or Yes, I did. I, that's, that's exactly the rating I gave it, I think. Either like it or I think I gave it a like a lot. I really enjoyed it. I thought mm-hmm. it was a great great remake and yeah i mean there is the mana team and they did do their own in-house remake of trials so clearly they Mm -hmm. can do it but this seems to be more about a slate of of remakes instead of just one and so who knows so griff is asking you uh ash what about balan wonderworld (laughs) with square enix high level of good point point. although although i would i would argue that 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 it scratches a fever dream itch that i haven't had a game scratch in a long time oh my God. but that's a good point that that uh, with with balan wonderworld specifically um yeah very good point but i i feel like i'm gonna somehow end up enjoying that game despite its its many issues i, I feel like gonna, i'm going to i think you're yeah. gonna end up enjoying it because of its issues yeah i think exactly. so i because again it, it scratches that very specific saturn era itch that no other game is even trying to you know, reproduce. Well, no other game did since Sonic Mania, really, which was essentially trying to be a Saturn era 2D Sonic game that we never got. But yeah, I mean that's definitely true. There is there are certainly quality control issues issues with Balan Wonderland. So if this comes back to bite me in the ass and and the Parasite Eve remake comes out and it's terrible, then what are you going to do? But I, <laughs> I I still like the possibility of mm-hmm. getting some of these remakes than the impossibility. And I feel like if they didn't license these out, that it probably would never happen. So, well, I, I admire your optimism, right? and I hope that you're right about everything, Ash, because I don't think yeah. anyone's wanting. Yeah, to I mean, I have to be nice. optimistic because that's just kind of. I'd rather be optimistic than pessimistic, but I also yeah. understand. I'm not calling people out who are pessimistic about this. I understand that, um, but I just want so badly for some of these, especially PS1 era games, to be remade. I don't. I don't want them to touch Chrono Trigger because it's Chrono Trigger, my favorite game of all time. But if we can get a Parasite Eve remake out of this, maybe it'll be good. Who knows? Yeah. That's so fair. we'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, um, let's go ahead and move on to another Nintendo st- uh, news story, which uh, is not as exciting, unfortunately. Let's go ahead and bring that up on screen. And this is kind of reiterating what we already know, but just in case you thought Nintendo might be might might be backpedaling just a little bit on Nintendo Doomsday, they're not, and they they <laughs> want to remind you that a bunch of stuff is is ending and going offline and ceasing 
production on March 31st. So Mario 35, still gone. Super Mario 3D All-Stars, still being delisted. All this stuff is still happening, unfortunately. But on top of all that, on top of everything they're already getting rid of, Nintendo has just announced that they are going to also stop repairing 3DS and 3DS XL systems <laughs> on the same day. In celebration <laughs> of Mario 35th. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, oh, wow. Nintendo Japan says that this is due to the difficulty in securing the necessary parts for repair. Um, I don't know. I mean, that might be part of the truth, but I have a feeling that's not the whole truth. I would, I would imagine um, that likely, likely the problem is, one, yeah, it, costs are going to go up as, as these products are no longer being manufactured, mass manufactured. I mean, certain things, yeah, would probably be very easy to continue to replace, but that system on a chip that powered the 3DS is likely no longer being made by anybody because who would use it? It is, by, by technological standards, in a relic. I mean, you know, what's in the right. Switch is is old. I mean, when you think about the fact that, that the chip that powers the Nintendo Switch was two years old when it came out, so <laughs> when the Switch came out. So the Nintendo Switch right, right now is running essentially a seven-year-old uh, CPU. <laughs> so the 3DS, I mean, or, or wait, was it 3DS and 3DS XL? Yeah, yeah 3DS and 3DS XL. Yeah, Yeah, that's like... What over a decade old in terms of far older than a decade old sure. in terms of that system on chips? So convincing people to continue manufacturing it just for replacement parts, you know, they probably at some point want to put the squeeze on Nintendo to keep the, you know, hey, if you if you want us to keep making these replacement parts, give us some of that Nintendo Switch money, huh? <laughs> like, <laughs> we know yeah. you're doing fine. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. it it is sad because I love the 3DS and I, I still. I mean, the, the new Nintendo 3DS, like the, the mini version or the compact, they called it in Japan, is still one of my favorite Nintendo designs of all time. I mean, it is just a beautiful mm-hmm. console. and It is. But every it, its time in the sun is over. You know, it's it, the Switch sure. is the oh, one. We all remember the, the year when everybody was like, why isn't this on Switch? <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. So, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's time, I think. I think people have had an appropriate amount of time to enjoy these, but that does mean that the secondhand market for 3DSs is about to explode. Once Nintendo stops point. refurbishing these things themselves, they are going to become so valuable to folks that <laughs> have working ones. Still. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I guess, I guess in that context, the, the 3DS and 3DS XL repairs ending is, is probably the least onerous thing uh, that, that's kind of happening <laughs> on March 31st. Yeah, the other um, stuff doesn't make sense. At least. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No yeah. Sense. So I, just as a succinct reminder to everybody who might want to get in on any of this before the end of the month, Super Mario 3D All-Stars is being delisted. Uh, Super Mario Bros. 35 will no longer be playable. It's going to be taken off, which just hurts my soul because I love that game so much. Um, Me too. Game & Watch Super Mario Bros. also will be going out of production. And uh, also, I believe Fire Emblem and the Fire Emblem yeah. Shadow Dragon and the Blade of Light is also yeah. as well. Yeah, I remember I, Mario was in there for a second, right? I think he was, or he was at least mentioned. So there you go. There's your reason why you're not going to get Fire Emblem anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So to touch on the the 3DS thing, it, like I said, it just kind of makes sense. It just goes with the waves. If, if we're an ideal world, we still have Nintendo Power Hotline to this day, but. You know, sadly, some things have to get phased out. I get it. The Mario stuff, 
it's so clear that someone was at a board meeting and whoever became the new management behind um, big executive decisions said, you know, we're nearsighted now. We need big sales in these quarters. Give me big sales now. And so people had to brainstorm on how to boost sales for a specific quarter to meet a quarter goal or something. And this mm-hmm. is probably the end product of that. It, I, I don't like it. It's oh, it's very sense. nearsighted, but like it's yeah. just it is what it is. Uh, thankfully, you know, I'm in a position where um, I have disposable income to to get any of these products at, at my leisure. Um, I do. My heart goes out to those people that have to save up money to get a Mario game or something or find a Nintendo Switch system or afford a Nintendo Switch system. And by the time they finally get said system, they're not going to be able to play Mario 35. That's Those are the right. people I think about. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I just hope we don't see more of this in the future. We're seeing a lot of it right now, but I'm hoping this is like a, a temporary set of, you know, direction for Nintendo and that they can see the blowback. Yeah. Hopefully they... They don't focus too much on the the financial reports because those were fi- fantastic, as I heard, um, and more so on how fans are taking this sort of news. Because, um, yeah, I don't think anybody on our side is saying, like, this is great. <laughs> Getting yeah. it's great, but the, the temporary no. thing is not. Yeah. Limited and time. I mean, look, we love wanted, that. If they wanted to repackage Mario 35 into a more fully featured retail product, yes. I'd be happy to buy it. Same. Like, I, Absolutely. I, I'm going to miss the hell out of this game. It's kind of almost become kind of a de-stress routine for me just to pop in, play a game of Mario 35, and pop back out. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss it. And uh, even my wife has said she's going to miss me playing it because she's just so used to me just kind of just dipping into a game, playing, and then it's just I'm going to miss it. So maybe, maybe people's interest and love for the game will spur Nintendo to actually consider making something like it into yeah. a full retail product. I hope Who this knows? was just a beta. Like, just like you said, I hope it's a beta and we Me get, too. like, a package of Mario 2, 3, and Super. And not only that, but we also get features where you can play directly with friends. That would be amazing. Oh, man. Yeah, that would, that be, would so be, cool. be You know, there's definitely awesome. a lot lacking with the initial package, as great as it was, that I'm hoping this is just sort of like a test the the, the servers and everything else to something grander. That's... I. Maybe yeah, like really uh, nice. fourth quarter, yeah. we'll see something like that. That would be gr- great. But um, and the concept would work so well for Zelda thirty five too, like a top down Zelda one style uh, of the same kind of game that could work so well. And I just I would I destroy like so people with that. <laughs> I know that game like the back of my hand. Bring nice, it on! Nice. Oh, I, <laughs> I I'd love to, man. I, I wish we could play Mario thirty five together. That's one of those things. Like you oh, said, it's. Too. The, the 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 game is great at its core, but there are there are some polish issues and and feature issues that they would really need to address for a full release. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. See, I, I, I hope this it, by this that same token, I hope they're like, um, all right, we translated this previously Japanese only game and bring it out to the states. Let's do it again with this other game and get something else that we never got. Technically, we're getting that yes. thanks to the, the the Famicom Detective Club, but um, right, you know, more old school. Stuff Super like excited that. for that. Yes, I am. <laughs> um, yeah, same. But uh, what yeah, did you like. Do? Oh, go ahead. I was just going to mention. Um, what was the the game with the the guy with the blue hair? You know, and the thing on top. And I know it was. Who, what was what game was that? That was a Nintendo exclusive. They had a trophy of it in Melee. Oh, <laughs> gosh. 
Genealogy right. of the Holy War. That would be a great one for Nintendo to move on to next. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right. Someone just mentioned well, that they, in the they chat. They might be doing that as a Fire Emblem Echoes remake, you know, if, they, if they're going to keep that series, if it is. I, I would love that, going. honestly. That would be amazing. Right. Um, Mother um, 3, of course. course. <laughs> Griff says Well, I was going to say, what they... Is that who you're thinking huh? of? Griff says Stinko Man, she says. Is that who you're thinking of? I don't think it was called... St- I, I wouldn't even... I don't even know if that's a real thing. Um, <laughs> I, I don't either. <laughs> Uh, uh, it's, a, no. it's a real thing, but it's not. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'll, I'll look at it. Up. Apparently, oh my god! Yeah. I feel like I just got what, trolled. Um, what they should do is the day after Nintendo Doomsday, since it's April first, they should release Mother Three, but not tell anybody that they're only doing it for a day. It's only on sale for one day, and then just delist it. Crash <laughs> and the say nothing wow. about it. Right. Oh man, I wish. Hey, that would be even that would be better than the probably never getting it all. I guess. Um, also, as Classy Mudkip and uh, Jenny G remind us in the chat, uh, March 31st also marks the end of being able to upload Mario Maker 1 levels. So oh, yeah. Mario Maker 1's Wii U online support will be ending as well. Although that makes sense. Though, on the Wii U front, we did have some breaking news earlier that a few people in the chat reported on. And that is that during this show, Nintendo dropped a new Wii U system update. So What? The, the heck? Right? I don't know. <laughs> I'm What's sure it's a stability update. Yeah. I, but... I, if I had to guess, it would be something to combat people adding homebrew to their Wii U. Because yeah, probably. The Wii U has picked up in popularity as kind of a, a jack-of-all-trades for emulation. Uh, uh-huh. I mean, honestly. That's true. And now that pretty much every single good Wii U game is on the Switch, I've, I've thought about just hacking mine and, <laughs> and loading it up with stuff. Because... I, it would be great to have a console that was kind of capable of, of running, you know, virtual console stuff that was purchased legitimately, as well as Wii, GameCube, stuff like that. Man, it would be an all-in-one kind of Nintendo retro machine, which would be really nice. Right. But hmm. my, yeah. I also um, don't think I'm going to unmothball my Wii U anytime soon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, she says, uh, a few people in the chat, including Octopuppet and Joseph Rutkin, are saying maybe you meant Takamaru from the, uh, from the mysterious Murasami Castle. I did not, but I actually just found out what it was. It was Shin Onigashima. Oh, okay. Oh. It, yeah, Shin Onigashima. Right. I, I do yeah. remember that being that a, a trophy in Smash. Yeah. And the characters' names were Dombe and Hikari. So. Right. Like oh, a, yeah, yeah, those two. I think they're spirits. It was a text-based well. adventure. They're, yeah, they're spirits as well. I remember seeing yeah. that. Um, yeah, bring bring that stuff that we got those spirits for in Smash. That I had to really look up, like, what the hell is this? Yeah. <laughs> right. That'd be really cool. I'd love yeah. to play that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Same. I, I would love it. Like Derek said, I love the idea of Nintendo, you know, once or twice a year picking a game that never made it west and just localizing it, you know, and, and throwing it up for sale or, or however they want to release it. But that would be really, really cool. I love that we get some kind of like uh, Japan only games on NSO, but I'd be more than willing to just outright buy them. I'd, it's it's right. cool mm-hmm. to get these pieces of Nintendo history that, that the, you know, in the U.S. we just missed out on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, trust me. I mean, I could go on for an hour about this. I right. when <laughs> when the Fire Emblem thing got announced, like I wasn't even a Fire Emblem hardcore fan or any. Or, you know, I was like a very casual um, consumer of the of the series. Mm-hmm. But you know, when they announced that, I had probably more excitement than a lot of hardcore fans, just because of the mm-hmm. principle that it's like a game that was a relic in time that I thought would be lost forever, and suddenly Nintendo brought it back. So yeah. Nintendo, please keep doing that because <laughs> I will yeah. buy that. 
I will I will talk about it on Twitter for days. <laughs> I will be your free advertising platform. I just I love that. Five idea. more Fire Emblem games we never got in the West. So bring those right. Absolutely. There's a really good f- remake of Fire Emblem Three that never came to the like came out after Shadow Dragon on DS that never got over because Shadow Dragon did so poorly here. Bring that over. All right. Sure. Yeah. There's so or just the the one that it started off from. Give us three. That was I was playing yeah. that. That was really good. Yeah. And I guess that's the one that um, created a ton of fans for the series. So it would be very. It would be very wise to bring over the game that seemed to have like made a whole bunch of Japanese fans and give it to the mm-hmm. West, you know. So I mean, the fact I'd that they're that. they're willing to do this whole thing with Shadow Dragon and the Blade of Light at all suggests that maybe they're open to doing other certain canned localization projects. Hopefully, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, but I, I would love to see Nintendo do more things like that because even if I'm not a hardcore Fire Emblem fan, I was delighted when they made that announcement. It's just such a cool thing for them to do. So. Yeah. Hopefully they'll Tetra trackers, it. guys. We're ready for it. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, before we move on, uh, Mario8a in the chat ha- has a video suggestion for you, she says. Uh, they okay. say that you should do a boundary break on Super Nintendo World, and now, once it opens in the U.S., do a region oh. break on it. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm not sure how that would work legally. I don't sneaky, know if you can yeah, kicked uh, out of the park. But. All right, I could do a region break for sure. Uh-huh. So boundary break might be a little tougher. Uh, you know, I go right. in there with a, a drone, and I feel like very quickly they track me down. But <laughs> probably, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I do like the I like the uh, the thought of it though. I like the idea. oh, absolutely. I do too. It's, let's yeah. get sanctioned. Yeah. <laughs> right. <I love> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and uh, take on our last news story of the day, which is a bit of uh, a bit of good news to end on. To end on. Let's get that up on screen. And uh, that is that Tails' voice actor, Colleen O'Shaughnessy, has uh, hinted that she and Tails, quote-unquote, are not finished yet. So that could mean any number of things. Of course, she was the voice of Tails at the end of the Sonic movie as well. Um, I I believe it's already been confirmed that she's not returning for Sonic 2. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. Uh, I don't know. I've not heard anything about that. Okay, maybe it hasn't. But either way, we don't know if she's... They haven't really said any casting news. Huh? They haven't really said any casting news, but it would be okay. cool if they kept for continuity because they just she wasn't. kept her as Tails for Sonic 2, especially with her voice acting Tails at the end. Exactly. It, it, I mean, it, it only makes sense. Uh, unfortunately, as we've talked about in the past, uh, as we've seen, sometimes companies want to hire big-name actors, not, not just voice actors whose names are otherwise not you know, attention-grabbing, right? And I hope that's not the, the I hope that's not the approach they take here because to me Colleen is Tails and when Tails speaks I expect to hear her voice and uh, but I am glad that whatever this means she isn't finished with Tails so maybe she's not in the movie maybe she is but it sounds as though maybe she'll have some sort of ongoing role in maybe a game or something I don't know but I'm happy to hear it. It could be one of those things where maybe because they already had her in the first one, they anticipate a sort of Optimus Prime situation where, you know, say what you will about the Michael Bay movies, they made sure to have Peter Cullen there at all times because of fan outcries. Like, Peter Cullen is Optimus Prime. You cannot right. recast him. So maybe it's Ooh, it like makes that. me wonder. I don't know. Like, it seems like it's only Roger. What is it? Roger Craig Smith. Did I get the name right? Yes. The original voice of well, the, the last voice of Sonic. He he, it's, it turned out that he quit and wasn't um, right. He, he wasn't away. asked to be a part of the productions anymore. So 
no, it, it's a bad idea to speculate. But yeah, just, I just think about the drama that would be in place if the voice of Tails traditionally is asked to be brought on, but the voice of Sonic wasn't. You know, I'm not well, saying that that's the reason though. for anything, but it, that is kind of mm-hmm. imbalanced as far as the original cast right. goes. Well, it sounds know. as though, uh, we reported on this uh, in a recent episode of TNT, that uh, Roger Craig Smith kind of came out and, and updated, provided a little clarity in the situation and made it seem like he actually chose to walk away, that he wasn't fired or let go. But right. he did make it sound as though that he chose to walk away because of things that he either wasn't comfortable with or just problems that he had with the way things were being handled. I don't know. But either way, it sounds as though he chose to walk away, that Sega didn't make that happen. Hmm. Well, so it's, my, my I, really comment remains then, ball. you know? It's, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's the way the other voice actors updated on their statuses at the same time as well, though. So What is it? Well, the, all the other voice actors were coming out and saying whether they were still there or not, and a lot of them, I think, stepped away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not sure. I can't quite remember. It's been so many weeks now. Wait, no, the voice of Dr. Eggman's staying. Oh, yeah, Eggman's yeah. still there. But I'm talking more He's like staying. Amy Rose. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, Amy Rose's voice actress is apparently out, but we don't know the the context behind that. If she chose to walk away or if she was replaced. Gotcha. So okay. it's weird. Every every single every character uh, every character's voice actor seems to be in a slightly different position. But of course, that's based on what we know, and I'm sure there's plenty we don't know. Um, we do have a couple of cursed takes in the chat with Skull Kid Tiger <laughs> saying Danny DeVito is cream. Yes. As cream the rabbit. <sighs> Oh, uh, as well as Drew A saying Danny DeVito for Tails in Sonic 2. Um, <laughs> and Shadow Imposter saying Danny DeVito is cheese. I don't know what it is with Sonic and Danny I, DeVito that's. I mean, it's die. more it's, of a carryover from Detective Pikachu, I feel. Yeah, right. that's what it. Yeah, yeah. Plus, um, Danny DeVito in anything is pure gold. Yeah. So. yeah. Drew yeah, A exactly. says, I want Ash to replace Sonic's VA. And hey, if Sega wants to hire me, I'm game, man. Of course. <laughs> Thank you for that vote of confidence. But yeah, if they want to hire me. Sega, I'm, I'm here. And I, I know you can do that voice, Ash. I've heard it yeah. before. Oh, you sure have. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, on that note, I believe we have reached the end of the show. Uh, but as always, uh, before we head out, she says, please tell our lovely audience where they can find you, man. You can find me on YouTube. All you have to do is just type in Boundary Break in the search engine, and um, you can, you'll be presented with a ton of episodes of Boundary Break. And it's a show where we can basically take the camera anywhere we want to find secrets and new discoveries to some of our favorite games. What was that? Whoa. That was a train? I have no idea. <laughs> that, was a, that was a really loud uh, like, horn honking on my end. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's a fan out there. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Right. At least no siren today. We, we've been having lots of sirens on my end that have been uh, interrupting the recordings. And thankfully <laughs> that didn't happen today. Um, but awesome. We had a whole She's hour a of world You're peace. obviously, uh, you know, one of my dearest friends in this industry, and I wish you nothing but the best and, and for, with Boundary Break and Region Break. And thank you again for, for being our first ever return special guest. Uh, again, thank you, Ash. I feel the same about you and everyone else here at GVG. And uh, I, honestly, it was a blast to come back. Ask me anytime you want, you guys. I love being here. So, mm-hmm. you know, thank, thank you. you so much Thanks for making hours. me your first second guest again. That's amazing. Thanks. Of course. 
Awesome. Well, as always, we have to thank every single one of our amazing patrons for helping to make Good Vibes Gaming a success and keep us going. But of course, a special thank you to our patrons at the producer tier and above for helping to make today's news tonight happen, because without your input and your support, it would not be happening. But also, as always, an extra special thank you to all of our patrons at the executive producer tier and above. And those awesome, awesome people include, here we go, Jared Edinger, Jonathan Belmare, Brandon Bovia, Rob Arman X, Dan and Twistle, Z Patty, Hyrule Hermit, Sky Blue Flames, Adam O'Sullivan, Richard Herrera, Michael Phone, Floating Mew, Aiko Carroll, Christopher, The D Pad, Vesmio, Waffle King, Waffle King, Nick Waterman, Kitty Confax, Angel Martinez, Vedron Vedhotik, excuse me, Makalau, John, Joshua Hunter, Evernight Studio, Benny Yao, Shadow the Cat, uh, and Alessia, who just recently upgraded their pledge to the, to the executive producer tier. So thank you so much for joining the EP squad, Alessia. Azran127, Kim Rule09, Jake Pelka, Geller, Shiny Turkey, Joseph Rutkin, Titus Malvolio, Charlie Bird, Lucky Wonderfish, Top Dog23100, Young Ben Kenobi, Charles Zaz, Douglas Chomix, Andrew Medeiros, Aurum, Brady Power, Phantom 23, Scott Barber, Patrick Harrison, Rocks the Cat, Loyal Dingo, Flaming Highwayman, Sean Garrett, The Legend of Groose, I love saying that, Eddie <laughs> B, Kai Ed, Kit Fisto, West Egg, Master Lynx, Sean Davis, Deneth, Jackson Jordan, Michael McCaw, Matthew Wong, Ashish Joshi, Goron Amber, Straight Lace, Hubi, Wolf X Blake and Moon Macarons, Kane, Captain Finlandia, 60 Minutes and 60 Seconds, The Game Orb, Dano the Artist, Synchro Lord, Brainchild, Rosa Pardo Bowling. Hi, Mom. I'm sorry, Mom. I love you, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> Dark Umi 87, The Flying Tacos, Scuff 196, Skull Kid Tiger, AJB Cool, and finally Jason Uloa. And of course, remember that you too can become a patron over at patreon.com slash gbgaming where you can check out all of our different tiers. But if you would like to interact with us and our rotating panel of special guests during the show, you can do that by joining the uh, live audience tier for $5 a month. But regardless, whether you support us on Patreon or not, or you just drop a like and a subscribe here on YouTube, we appreciate your support all the same. We truly love each and every one of you, and we will see you on Wednesday for our next episode of Today's News Tonight. Until then, everybody, good night and good vibes. Bye. Good night, everybody.